Welcome to Odyssey Church. Uh, Sergio here, uh, one of the, the pastors here, one of the speakers here. We are delighted, just completely delighted that you are here and that we're able to come together um, once a week like this in this kind of a uh, gathering to worship our Jesus. He deserves it, and many people may not understand it, but if you get into the place where you're like, God, you are my God, you're my King, you're my Savior, then all you can do as a response is to worship Him. And, and being in a place like this uh, with uh, so many other believers is just, it's amazing. And if you're not a believer, um, I'll be straight up with you. We're going to try to get you. Because we believe that Jesus is the best thing on earth and everywhere else. And so... Um, so, wow, God is so good. Who's, who's been already ministered to this morning? Who's already like, okay, man, whew, I don't know what else I can add. Well, I can. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> last, last week, uh, if you were here last week, I shared with you guys a story of, um, of, of me asking God, like, hey, God, do something. Do something right now so I can share tomorrow morning. And he did. And if you guys recall the story, it was a matter of him just telling me, as I hear the rain, that go, um, go um, close your sunroof. And uh, I'm not going to repeat the story, but I ended up going. And I was like, this is it. Like, for real, God, this little thing like this, this is how you do it. And it was powerful because I asked. And he kind of like, you know, you <laughs> it's weird because we ask God, and then we're surprised when he responds. You know, um, and so this time as I'm preparing uh, this, you know, series that we're, that we're going to be in, up until uh, Easter, as I'm, you know, kind of trying to put some finishing, finishing uh, touches on it, I get, a, we, I get a knock on the door, and my kids are like, hey, someone is outside wanting to see you. I'm like, okay. So I walk out, and we have um, our neighbor across the street. She, um, she goes to a church, and, you know, she's really like, she's the first lady who was in this development that we're in there. She's super, super nice. And so she's like, hey, I want to introduce you, and she has had a couple of teens with her. And she's like, um, yeah, we're doing this thing in Henderson County where like three or 400 youth or something got together for like a weekend. And um, they had some people from Clayton King Ministries come and they ministered to them and they talked with them. And then what they did is they released these teens into neighborhoods to go and, um, and, and just share the gospel. So they kind of trained them up. They gave them some steps, gave them some guidelines, trained them up. Um, and so I find all this stuff a little bit come out later on from Wendy. But uh, so she, she had two teens with her, and they were just kind of like walking in our neighborhood, uh, just sharing the gospel, sharing what they learned. And so, you know, the kid and the, and the gal that was there, they're like, ah, oh, you know, share the gospel and, and um, you know, do you know Jesus and do you, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't know Jesus. And uh, <laughs> uh, it was true. I think I can always know him more. But, but I was just trying to kind of, you know, encourage them and, um, you know, and so, and then later on after they finished doing their presentation and, and stuff, and Wendy's like, you know, I just let, you know, she's like, a little thing to tell you, my friend here, he's a pastor, and the kid's like, what? You know, completely kind of freaked out, and uh, so I told him, you did it wrong, and you probably should go back and relearn it, because, right? I mean, we're supposed to be truthful with people, no, but... <laughs> But it was, it was good after the whole thing kind of, um, they kind of left and uh, God spoke to me in that moment. And, um, and I felt like him saying, last week you asked me to come and do something. This week you didn't and I still came and did something. 
And to me, their knock on the door was so significant because in all my life here, I think that's the first time that someone actually tried to share the gospel with me. Let that sink in into our hearts. It was the first time that someone evangelized me, as we call it. And what's crazy about that and the timing of it and why God's like, you didn't ask me, but I went ahead and did it. Because that's how God speaks and communicates with me. He leads me in a way so that I have to make a decision. And then he comes around and he confirms it. And what was crazy about that is that God has been shifting so many things within us as Maria and I and our church. And as I'm talking to more and more of our teams and leaders, it's like there's this, this thread of, yes, what's getting ready to happen is something that we are waiting for and we're believing that God is leading. And I teased it a little bit um, over the last couple of weeks of there's some significant changes coming to our church on every level. Um, on every level, and uh, we have to do this, and this is something that churches don't typically do. We're six years in, um, and, and that we just feel like, and I, I'm just really convinced that God is shifting things in a major, major way. So if you're new here, and you're not part of any church, I would invite you. This is a great time to step in as God has uh, breathed something fresh for us, um, and super, super excited about it. But the biggest difference, the biggest difference that and the, the direction that we as a church are getting ready to step into is this. Um, when we launched the church, uh, we felt led by God to build the church and then begin to reach our city. And so we started meeting. We started um, getting the band together and songs and messages and started creating this consistent presence within our city. And we've been doing it for six years, and I'm only the second year paid full-time as part of this church. Up until then, I worked full-time, had a family, had kids, um, and my fourth one is um, a blessing. Um, and it's, uh, so with four kids, there are definitely some trying times within family and raising kids, and, and we're raising a bunch of uh, adult kids um, on some sort of, uh, come on, you all, you know, you're like, yep, that's me. That's all of us to some extent. Um, and so this, probably since the end of last year and, and specifically over the last month or so, um, I just feel like this really strong impression that God's like saying, You've, you were building the church and, and then going into the city. And right now I'm going to shift everything upside down completely where I want your focus to be to go after the city. And the result is going to be that I'm going to build your church. And that seems like, well, duh. <laughs> um, but the truth of the matter is, is that we have boxed in evangelism and outreach and designated it to somebody else. We're like, we're not equipped for this, so it's not up to us. So we have, like I said last week, we have taken this, this responsibility off of our shoulders and put it onto an organization or someone who's qualified. Um, and the problem in America... The problem with us, and don't, don't understand, please understand me, I'm not talking about everybody else except us. 
I'm just telling you that the problem within our churches is that we in America, we in America, we have this mindset that we could be Christians and not follow Jesus. We have this mindset, we live this mindset that we can be Christians and not follow Jesus. And Jesus commanded a lot of things. He talked about a lot of things for us to be plugged in, to be doing. And yet we have this mindset that as long as I said the prayer, as long as I tithe, as long as I show up on Sunday, that is enough. Like we just kind of get to the bare minimum. And right, right now there's a shift for people like we don't really need to get together at all. I'm a church by myself. And that is, I think, a very destructive way of thinking uh, because Jesus could have done it by himself. Jesus could have done it by himself, but he chose to work with people, and that's how he, he established the church. He led the church before it was the church for three years, and then he released the authority and the power to his disciples because this is his church. We are his body. And, um, and so we have to reevaluate and, and reposition ourselves to say, Jesus, am I truly following you? Am I truly following you? And I think that with our church, when you follow Jesus, there is going to be a Jesus effect. There is going to be an effect. I have this phrase, and I was going to save it for the end because it's such a powerful thread because I wanted to kind of end on this really good note so that you all feel good. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's this guy. Uh, his name is Dr. Edmund um, Locard. He's, um, he was a pioneer in forensic science who became known as the Sherlock Holmes of France. He formulated the basic principle of uh, forensic science as, and this is like really, really powerful. I want this to really just kind of engrave, be engraved within our hearts. He says, every contact leaves a trace. Every contact leaves a trace so when we are impacted by the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of god that naturally is going to leave a trace in our lives it's going to create a ripple effect so when jesus touches us the result is the jesus effect and whenever we go out and actually follow jesus's commandment the result that is the result which is um, the jesus effect if you have your Bibles, um, I just I want to read a couple of scriptures, and we're you know, and then we're gonna go from there. Um, Matthew, chapter twenty-eight, verses eighteen through twenty. Um, the the thing that we're gonna be doing as a church is we are gonna be going after our city, and something that I that I think that we're gonna coin as a church um, to call this because terminology is big, and when you say we're gonna go evangelize. People are like, shut down. We're going to say, we're going to go reach our city. People say, okay, someone's going to do it. God bless you for doing it. Um, bless your heart type of an attitude. So, we, so one of the things is our church, we're really particular about what we say, the language that we use, so that the Bible doesn't change, but our terminology has to shift with our culture so that we know what we're talking about. So the thing that we're going to be stepping into, um, and I didn't, I, you know, if this doesn't, whatever, doesn't translate well, then you can blame me. I have not really even ran this across Maria just yet. So I may be in trouble. <laughs> but 
But what we're calling this is intentional adoption. Intentional adoption. There are form, there are models of doing outreach. There are power evangelism type things where you just go out on the street and you just talk to people about Jesus. And then there are other ways where you go and you pray for people, you know, and hopefully get a door in. And a lot of times uh, that is what is the limit to our evangelistic outreach. You know, if we put on a concert or, a, or bring somebody in and do it outside in that downtown and, and invite non-Christians in, that, that, that's like when we think of evangelism, that's one, one form of evangelism. Another way that we've shifted in American culture for, for evangelism, and that is that we invite our non-Christian friends to come to the church so that the pastor can evangelize. Pastor, are you going to do the altar call? I don't know. Well, you should because I'm bringing my non-Christian friend. Okay. And I think by doing these things or not really evangelizing intentionally, or adopting, as we're calling it, I think we're really missing out what it really means to be part of the kingdom of God. And, and I'm going to read one verse, but we're going we're gonna to unpack this over the next few weeks because I think it is so, so dynamic. So today I'm just going to unpack this one verse that we've heard a lot, and I really believe that we've, we, we, we have not internalized this verse for ourselves. We have taken this verse and kind of spread it on the broad church. And I just want us to repent of that today because I think that is a, 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 um, that, that's a robbery of what it means for us to really follow Jesus. Are you with me? Please say yes. Please say God. Okay, good. Um, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me, in heaven and on earth. Now I want to pause it for a second. All authority. Jesus has all authority. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. And this is, we have to ask this on a daily basis. This is not a one-time pony. It's is Jesus. And are we ready for Jesus to have full authority in our lives? Some of you have been going to church for a long time and you've never given Jesus full authority. And what full authority really means, if you read the word authority, there's the word author in it. And the question is, are we going to allow Jesus to author our story? We have to have an internal yes or a no. Because when you're kind of like, uh, that's probably a no. Being passive is actually probably worse than saying yes or no. Jesus says something about spitting people out who are lukewarm somewhere in there. Let's keep reading. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Are you ready to go where Jesus sends you? That's another question that we have to answer. Are we ready to go where Jesus is calling us to go and make disciples? This is not talking about go and convert people and your work is done. This is talking about establishing relationship. When you're making something, when you're forming something, it's going to require your touch. 
And when anything is formed or made, it's messy. It's never clean cut. It's never, I heard this, this phrase that, that, that everything's clean at, at the graveyard. But there's a big mess in the infant kiddos' rooms. Are you ready to get your hands dirty? And then it goes baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, just pause here for a second. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. Who in here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want this to be very, very convicting and challenging to each and every one of us because it's challenging to me. And this is the direction that God, I feel like God is leading our church into. How many of us have obeyed this one, baptizing them? Think about it. How many people have you baptized personally? How many people have you made discipleship or made disciples of personally? How many of you and us, how many have we, how many times have we said God have complete authorship of our life? Because when he's complete author of our story, then everything else makes sense. But if he's not the author of our story, then we do what we want, which is basically saying that we want to write our own story. And many of us Christians in our American culture are writing our own story and inserting Jesus into it. And so we have the Sergio effect. We have the Kimberly effect. The Jason effect, and these effects are not the greatest effects. I would stick to the Jesus effect. Be baptized. So this is saying like you go there for make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, and this is where making discipleship comes from, teaching them to observe everything I, I have commanded you. And then he gives us this amazing promise. And I, and remember, because you will forget. You're going to feel like you're not, you know, moving the needle forward. You may feel like you're not reaching anyone. You, you may feel like you've tried and people are not responding. You may feel fear and, 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 and distractions. And you may feel like giving up. And he's promising, says, and remember, as you allow me to author your life and you begin to obey what I'm just commanded you, just remember I am with you always, even until the end of the age. This is the key verse for, this, for these next few weeks because this is taunting for most of us you may be sitting there and you're like, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid because I, I don't know about this. And so what I want to do is, um, is over the next couple of weeks, I'm telling you, if you come, if you commit to coming over the next couple of weeks, this is going to prepare you twofold. One, this is going to prepare you to invite people for Christmas, which is great. I'm not saying don't invite people to Christmas. I mean, <laughs> Easter. Wow. God, God, slow down. Let me, let me live, live, live today. Um, <laughs> this is going to allow us and prepare us and even train us to invite people for Easter. And I'm telling you, Easter is one of those times that, that uh, people are four times as likely to come with you to church. So don't just invite them, but bring them, meet them somewhere, bribe them, because I think God's, God can do amazing things within their lives. That's going to be one thing. But the other thing is that it's going to prepare us as a church, as individuals, to be 
um, intentional about adopting our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends. And there are, it's a really, really simple thing where I feel like God's really kind of like dissected it for me. Because sometimes we think like, because I'm on stage, it's easy for me to go and talk to someone. You know, go, oh yeah, because you're the pastor, you guys, you do your thing. No, I'm with you. Fear grips me. Like I can't, you know, invite someone, tell someone, you know, I can have a conversation kind of once it's going, but it's challenging to me because I know this is not me telling you guys to go do something, but I'm looking at this commandment and the only reason that I'm baptizing and discipling people is because I'm a pastor. And there is a shame on my part because if I'm not a pastor, I still should be doing what Jesus commanded all of us to do. Are you with me? So for the next few weeks, um, I'm going to be unpacking some of this stuff. And I promise you, if what God showed me freed me, I'm going to share with you. And I promise you, it's going to free you. And you're not going to look at life the same again. You're not going to be afraid of the discipleship word. You're not going to be afraid of evangelism word. You're going to really begin to burn with compassion for our city because our city needs the Jesus effect. Your neighbors need the Jesus effect. Your spouse, <clears throat> if they're with you, just look at me. Your spouse needs not the spouse effect, but the Jesus effect. Your kids need the Jesus effect. So other bands going to come up and I'm going to just, I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to leave it hanging here, but I'm just encouraging and invite you guys to come um, next, next week and over the next few weeks because I'm going to unpack some really, really powerful things. And this is part of the vision of our church, which is why I'm super, 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 super excited about. Oh, I just feel like I'm a kid in a candy aisle right now because uh, it's like, and it's like, hey, it's free. Everything's free. I'll take, I'll take. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you speak to us, that you minister to us. Next week, if you guys would rise. I want to pray for each and every person that is here, Father. I want to pray against the fear uh, in their maybe hearts or in their minds of what's to come, God. And maybe they're thinking about not showing up, Father. I pray that I break that in Jesus' name that every one of us not just shows up here, but we bring our friends here because it is time that you show up in our midst in dynamic ways. It's time that the city begins to feel the Jesus effect, God. It is time that your movement is going to be so powerful, Father, within our lives that people will have no choice but to notice that you're doing something and you're doing something amazing and you want them to be in on it, Father, because you have the, the keys of life. You're the carrier of hope. You have eternity. You have wisdom. You're a comforter. You're a counselor. You are all that we need. You are all that we're longing for, Father. So I just pray and I just ask, Father, that you just empower us. Remind us who you are. Remind us who we are. Remind us what we are called to, Father, because we are going to step into something amazing, Father. Become the author of our story. Become the author of Odyssey's story, Father. Become the author of, the, of our city, Father. Let people hear about our city and let the, the word that comes to their mind is Jesus is doing something at, in Asheville. Jesus is doing something in Asheville. We believe. We're going to plan. We're going to pray. We're going to train. We're going to equip. And we're going to ask. And you say, if you ask, I'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen.